Welcome to the Fulfillment Project Podcast. My name is Sarah. And my name is Greer. And we have a juicy topic today, one that we have been giggling over from a mere vulnerability perspective. <laughs> We're going to be talking about dun, 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 toxic traits, and not just a toxic traits, but toxic traits that we ourselves have been, and maybe currently, yes, definitely, cur- definitely, currently. definitely currently, uh, <laughs> working through. Yeah, so... I was listening to a podcast and on this podcast, they were kind of going through like the top toxic traits. And I was like, I got a fun idea, Sarah. (laughs) Why don't we just talk about our toxic traits? Mm -hmm. And I think, uh, you know, we're making really light of this conversation. But when we can have self-awareness over the traits that perhaps aren't serving us or they're keeping us in cycles or, you know, we're playing them out in our life and we're not maybe getting to where we want to go with any goal or desire that we have. We have to start looking in the mirror and asking ourselves, how am I contributing to the life that I'm creating? Why am I like this? Why am I like this? Tell me what's wrong with me. Yeah. (laughs) And so, you know, we want to talk through, you know, five, six, seven, I don't don't remember how many we have listed here. Um, Five, five five traits that we're going to, we're going to talk about. And maybe you'll see yourself in our conversation. Um, Maybe you'll see other people in your life in this conversation. Uh, But either way, we hope you get some enlightenment and some help. Um, recognizing traits that perhaps aren't serving you and we can have awareness and then tools to shift. And if none of that, we just hope you laugh. Yeah, we just hope you laugh and maybe follow along. (laughs) Let's dive in. You are listening to the Fulfillment Project Podcast. My name is Sarah Funnell, your host, fellow sister seeker, and author of Follow the Joy, the book on aligned manifestation. This show is your spot for spiritual and personal development. It's your soft landing into a place for you to embody your truth and reclaim your sovereign power. I've been a coach for more than a decade, helping thousands of people transform their lives. And I'll be sharing the most effective and profound tools to help you step into the most abundant, joyful, and fulfilled version of yourself. I'm so glad we found each other here today. My promise to you is that this show will support you to live from a fully embodied and aligned space so that you can reach your goals, share your gifts with the world, and step into a life that is truly your own. Take my hand, dear sister, and let's jump in. So I sort of wanted to start this conversation by saying that, you know, there are a lot of toxic traits, and it's not that we are all of these things or none of these things. I think when it comes to behaviors that are within the realm of like human possibility, we are all capable of being these things in certain situations to one degree or another. You know, we can all be rude at sometimes. We have the capacity to be argumentative and selfish and cynical and toxically positive. Um, but specifically, I wanted to highlight like our five main traits that we maybe struggle with more than more than the other ones um and see where we line up i know i had you write down your top five yeah i wrote down my top five and we're just gonna kind of go through them and see yeah yeah see what happens um and it's interesting with like all the work i've done through the years these like i wasn't even aware of like toxic traits until i really dove into like my healing journey and like gaining self-awareness on myself and so um i just think it's funny when we start to have awareness of like oh yeah like that is me and i totally do that i totally do that and i didn't realize it wasn't serving me and it's not until we have the awareness and like that conscious ability maybe in the moment of like 
a trait about to play out. We did an episode a couple episodes ago on, you know, self-awareness. And so this just kind of dives a little bit deeper into that conversation of like what comes out in your behaviors when you start having self-awareness. Yeah. Yeah. So what's your first one, Greer? Uh, my first one is perfectionism. Ooh, I, that's on my list too. <laughs> Look at us. Look at us. And I know I've spoken about perfectionism on this podcast before and how it used to be like crippling. Mm. The anxiety that I would have with it was just so overwhelming. Um, it's getting better, but I still have within me that very strong drive to make it absolutely perfect so that no one can criticize me. Mm. So what areas do you see perfectionism showing up for you? In my work, Mm. like a whole bunch. Um, Especially when like someone gives me a document and my point is to like correct errors or to get the writing to a certain caliber. And I'm like, I don't want to mess up. And if it gets published and there's a mistake, oh my goodness. Yeah. Does fate worse than death? Um, And also in, you know, interactions and talking about things like, did I choose the right words? Did someone receive what I said the way I intended it to be said? Which of course I can't control, but maybe if I can just say it perfectly, then I'll be able to control it. Yeah. So, um, Actually, a huge part of my growth has been, you know, these podcasts and the conversations we have in the sisterhood where I can't edit myself in real time because then I'm never going to have a conversation. Yeah. And I, if, if the bar is perfection, well, then I'm never going to show up and do it because I, it's kind of unattainable. Yeah. I remember you having that revelation back in the spring when you yeah. started coming on the show and you had like this like epiphany moment of like, I'm an editor and I could spend hours and days and weeks on a document until I believe that it's perfect, but we're going to turn on the mic and I can't edit myself. I can't go back and change my words. And most of the time when we're talking, sometimes we don't really understand what's coming out of our mouth. Like I'll go back and listen to the podcast episodes. I'm like, I don't even remember saying that. (laughs) Who was that? Who was that? My automation just kicks in. Yeah. Or, you know, I, I say, I repeat the same word. Yeah. I didn't say it as eloquently as I wanted to. Um, that's sort yeah. of the primary way that I see it. But also just in my everyday life when I make a to-do list or I have some idea of what I want it to be and that thing is like wholly unattainable because it needs to be perfect. Yeah. I think there's this fine line between wanting excellence with something and perfectionism yeah like there has to be that point where like it's good enough like it's good enough to go out it's good enough to get started it's um and and what's helped me is like recognizing like there are different phases to things or there's different levels or understanding like to my best ability right now like this is all that I have and I just need to put it out or launch it or do it or show up or say the thing and then get better over time. Yeah, that whole, it's actually, you know, perfectionism can be like a really great excuse to do nothing because it's never going to be perfect. And yeah. I have like, you know, leaned away from that and I'm doing, yeah. doing it imperfectly. Your growth and has been so like, it's been so cool to watch. <laughs> yeah. Like as much as I know, like there was anxiety over things, like you've moved past things like pretty quickly, at least from my perspective. 
I appreciate you saying that. It still feels really uncomfortable. Um, But here we are. But here we are. Where do you see perfectionism sort of show up for you? How has your journey been with it? In my younger days, uh, a lot to do with my looks. Mm -hmm. Like I remember I would not leave the house unless I had makeup on. Like never in a million years. Um, I wouldn't feel like I could start my day until I, I like showered and like did everything. And I remember when I first started breaking that cycle of maybe not showering in the morning and showering the night before. And it was like freeing to, yeah, to not yeah. be in such a like pattern or feeling like fresh, I mm-hmm. guess, to go out. Um, yeah, my looks had a lot to do with that. And so no wonder I fell into like fitness and shaping the perfect body to be put on a stage and judged <laughs> and admired. Yeah. yeah. I got breast implants cause I felt like my breasts weren't good enough. Um, you know, yeah, a lot to do with my looks and having to show a certain physical image. Um, also in my work, uh, definitely comes up and I think as business owners or creatives, um, that's very common mm-hmm. to like want to show our, especially if you run a brand in a business, like your image can be everything for someone who first comes across you or you want to make sure that you look up to standards or professional enough, but um, falling into that, like, is it good enough to release? Is it good enough to do this? And I mean, I've been in business for 12 years now, full time. And the first like five years, I can see myself held back from a lot of growth in the business because of that perfectionism, not launching something or not making a video on something or like not launching a podcast, not speaking on stages, hosting events, uh, because I was just riddled with anxiety of like, what are people going to think? And what am I going to look like? And what if I mess up? And what if I'm not the best out there? (laughs) Yes. <laughs> yeah. I have this, I had this mentality of like, well, if I can't be great at it, then I'm not going to do it. Exactly. Yeah. How, how dare you, you know, suck at something to learn it. Yeah. And so Joe really helped me with that. Um, he's a lot more spontaneous than me. He'd been in business a lot longer than me when we came together and he'd be like, let's go, like we're putting it out. And he really taught me the gift of refinement after you get something going from Mm -hmm. a business perspective. Absolutely a foreign concept to me, but yes. Yeah. Yeah. You're, I mean, you've seen that we've been working together for over a year now. We started Mm -hmm. on my book, uh, last year. Um, but just to get it going and you can go back and you can make it that next level up. But if like one, especially like in business and creative projects, like if that one stone doesn't get laid or bricked in, the house will never be built. Yeah. Yeah. So my second trait is people pleasing. Ooh, I have that one too. Oh, no wonder we're friends. Yeah. (laughs) How many of these are going to be have? Our wounds match. Yeah. Our wounds match. And that's why we're how we bonded yes yeah people pleasing and i think you know i i feel like they all kind of tie in together but i'm like so afraid yeah um of what other people think and just i want to be liked and i want to belong and i want to be accepted mm-hmm. i didn't actually recognize people pleasing in me until probably about five years ago 
um, I just thought I was always nice to people. and Of your own volition. Of my own volition, yeah. I enjoy being nice to people. I enjoy pleasing people. I enjoy others getting joy out of something I've done. Mm-hmm. Sure, I'll bend over backwards and... Twist yourself into a pretzel. Yeah, yeah. abandon myself for you um, so that I'm liked and accepted and... I recognize now that comes back to a rejection wound of being bullied through high school um, in multiple schools of just wanting to be liked. You know, mm. Like, I don't want people to think ill of me. Um, but people pleasing is also allowing boundaries to be crossed. Yeah. Not speaking up for yourself, not allowing your own needs to be heard. Avoiding conflict. Avoiding conflict. Yeah. And that's all at the root of wanting to be liked and accepted. Yeah. And, and I think... It also breeds a lot of resentment. Totally. Totally. Yeah. That's yeah. where I'm like, okay, this is a really big problem because I am angry at all of these other people, but really I'm angry at myself. Yeah. I've seen that in relationships, past relationships with myself of like bending over backwards for someone I'm dating and like morphing myself into their life and codependence there. But by the end of it, I end up leaving the relationship because I'm so resentful of like all the things that they won't do and all the things that I took on. Yeah. But who did that? Exactly. Me. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Whose fault is this? Yeah. Yeah. But it's cool when you start to recognize like what does a boundary being crossed mean? Or, you know, you don't have to say yes to everything. Um, Learning to say no in a way that didn't seem rude or that I didn't care was like huge for me. You you know how to say no? No, sorry. (laughs) Yeah. Even even like if someone asks you to do something, even just asking, um, well, how pressing is this for you? Mm -hmm. Just to kind of see like where... Because sometimes for me, if someone asks me to do something, I'm like, I have to do it right now. Yes. Like it has to be done right now. I have to drop everything and it has to be done. Yeah. You know, um, can we push this off? I feel like, you know, I have a, I have a really full schedule right now. Mm -hmm. You know, there's, there's ways to communicate your needs in a way that doesn't make you seem rude. And there's a way to help people. I think it's very wonderful that we are a collaborative species and we want to help and support each other. It's making sure you're not doing that while sacrificing Mm -hmm. yourself yeah in the process there's two really good questions if you feel like you are a people pleaser or even if you want some self-awareness around people pleasing is to ask yourself what does it mean when someone says yes so like what is your belief around saying yes or other people saying yes and what does it mean when someone says no Mm -hmm. or when you say no And even asking that in like a four-part question, like, what does it mean when you say no? What does it mean when someone else says no? And when I asked myself those questions, I found that the answer was different. If I said no, it meant I was rude. It meant I didn't care. It meant I was selfish. If someone else said no, uh, I think I had said like, it it shows that they, they know what they need. They know what they want. They know what their boundaries are. Yeah. And so it's really cool to see like how you frame yeses and nos in your head and then looking at different possibilities of that belief. That's a really good tool. Yeah. So what is your, what is your number three top toxic trait? 
what are all the awful things about me (laughs) um but I can say like people pleasing is something that I've very much worked on like I know boundaries now I know communication skills now not saying it doesn't ever like happen um but that's definitely something I've I've worked on uh I have judgment on my list say it ain't so me too (laughs) me too yeah watching myself create a story around what someone else is doing or someone else's behavior or even judging myself. I was going to say like most of my judgment is all internalized criticism. Mm. Um, I sort of know, you know, we can, people can be judgmental and it really sucks to feel judged. And I didn't want to feel that myself. And I didn't want others to experience it. So I just judged myself. Yeah. My judgment came um, externally on other Mm. people. And it's interesting when I realized um, whenever we, when I was a child, whenever we would go somewhere and I'm with my mom and we're out at maybe like a wedding or a family event or we have friends over or we're interacting with other people. Every time we would leave, like the whole car ride home, my mom would be picking out everything that was wrong with some someone or something that they said or interpreting things in her mind. And so I found that there was this conditioning in me to like be with someone and be like, what are all the things that they're doing wrong? Let me bond over my shared hatred of yeah. or distaste for. And of course, like being young, I didn't, I'm like, okay, this is like normal. This is what my yeah. mom does. Like we don't know what's, I don't want to even say right or wrong, but we don't know how other people interact after, you know, social things. And so with recognizing that, it also made me realize such a, like a negative mindset that I had mm. and almost putting people at a distance and almost this like self-righteousness. Of like, yeah. here's all the things that's wrong with them. I'm not like that. <laughs> <laughs> Let me put myself on a pedestal. Yeah. yeah. Um, and so I, I see my mother for that and, you know, love and bless and release that. Um, but I'm glad that I, I have found that self-awareness and I still have to like catch myself or as an example, and I'm sure many people can relate to this, you know, standing in line at the grocery store and you're looking at what someone's putting on their conveyor belt and like judging them for like all their things. And like, I know people do this. So like, I preemptively judge myself. Like, (laughs) do I want to put this in my basket? What are people going to say? People are going to see it. Oh my goodness. What does that say about me? What are they going to think? Yeah. Yeah. And so I think with judgment for myself with working through that is to like turn the mirror on myself. Mm Mm-hmm. Because usually judgment comes from a disowned place of yourself. Yeah. We judge in others what we fail to accept in ourselves. Absolutely. Yeah. So. (laughs) What is your fourth? Uh, My fourth is uh, rigidity. Don't tell me. I have that. (laughs) This is not a collaborative list at all. We are the same person. (laughs) I'm kidding. Okay. Yeah. Rigidity. Um. Just if I want to do it a certain way, if I have Mm -hmm. it in my head that it's, it has to go step by step like this and you want me to change all of a sudden, the plans change last minute. Like I have a really hard time with that. I don't know if it's part anxiety or just the, the way it is in my head is the right way and everything else is wrong and I've, you know, judged it accordingly. Um, But I, I can be very rigid at times i have try really hard not to be but the internal resistance i feel 
it's still there totally uh this has been a heated conversation with joe and i in business many times uh where i conceptualize something in my head or a plan or organize something or have an idea and it's like solidified in me and then when he's like what about this and what about that like i've caught myself just like i shut down like not even open to the possibility of maybe something better that i didn't see and it's taken me a long time to be open in conversations and to brainstorm and be collaborative with other people, work well with others. <laughs> yeah. um, but I find like, especially in business, when it comes to like everything in business starts with an idea in your head, like yeah. it starts with a vision in your head. And it's hard for me to take action and execute when the vision isn't integrated within me. Mm-hmm. It's it's like, a, it's a feeling and it's like, I see it as well. So sometimes it takes me time, like walking away from a conversation and just, thinking about their point of view. Yeah. It doesn't mean that I have to say yes. It doesn't mean that I have to abandon my own vision. But like, how do I just step away and like, think about this and ponder this and like, okay, well, if we did do that, what would that look like? And allow other people's opinions in. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, it's this place of like detachment. Well, a level of detachment. Obviously, you still care and you still want something to happen. Obviously, otherwise, you wouldn't be so passionately rigid about it. Yeah. But being able to just, okay, I'm going to put my rigidity here. And if, big if, I was going to allow someone (laughs) else's opinion in, what would that look like? Yeah. And just creating a little bit of space to go, okay, maybe they have a really great suggestion maybe this you know plan is a lot more effective and efficient than the one i had maybe it's just they want to feel seen and heard and i want them to feel seen and heard so i'm going to incorporate whatever they're suggesting into the plan um so it's a work in progress for me yeah i find even with um like if i get my mindset on wanting something as an example my vehicle um, I didn't buy it new. I bought it a couple years older and I knew exactly what I wanted. Like it was like a dream vehicle for me. I knew the color. I knew the model. Um, and it's it's a, a more of a unique model. It's not the base model. And I knew I wanted like the black panoramic roof and like the black finishings on the white mm-hmm. and the, the black tires and rims. And it was actually really hard to find. And it yeah. came a moment of like, do I need to change my choice? Absolutely not. You double down. I'm or, it's like, or it's like I see a dress online or something and I go into the store or any type of like item and it like it's not there or it's not in my size. And yeah. I find before I was really working on this and allowing space for other possibilities, I like shut down. I'm like, well, yeah. there's no other choice. Like it's mm-hmm. it's gone. Like I don't get this thing or I don't um, I don't get my vision or my desire. And I found the flexibility with decisions and choices um, has something I've had to work on. Yeah. Okay. What's number five? Uh, Comparison. God damn it. I do that too. (laughs) I, I think my comparison comes from my perfectionism and, you know, my own inner critic and just... And probably my people pleasing too, of wanting to be accepted, wanting to be liked and constantly trying to size myself up against other yeah. people so that I can fit in. Or at least that's where I'm like, I'm pretty sure it stems from that. Yeah. Um, 
Comparison in business has been a big thing. And I really, I watch this pattern in myself and I'm really conscious of it now of, let's say, especially pivoting. Um, I'm going to pivot the business. I'm going to coach on something different. It's going to be a completely different business model. Um, one of the things you should do is market research. Absolutely. So is someone else doing this? Are they successful with it? Does the market want it? How are other people doing it? How can I be innovative with this? And I found myself falling into the traps of looking at other people's maybe 10, 20 year journey with that. And I'm at like day one. And I'm like, oh, I'll never be as great as them. They have all this stuff. They have all these clients. Their brand is so established. Look at how many followers they have, yada, yada, yada. And I find comparison can be very um, self-doubting for me, big time. So I've really had to uh, watch detachment in business, not comparing myself to someone else's journey, especially if I'm just starting out and knowing that like, I will bring a unique ability because I am unique. Anybody who does anything, yes, someone else can be doing the same thing, but they're not you. They don't necessarily have your message. They don't have your voice. They don't have your story. They don't have the way that you do something. And so that in and of itself will be different and you will make it your own. Yeah. I mean, comparison works in like both ways and either way is not particularly helpful. Like you can compare what someone else is buying at the grocery store to what you're buying and decide that you are healthier and all of that stuff or it can be in the opposite direction which is usually the one that I and it sounds like you as well will lean towards which is everyone's better than me and I suck Mm -hmm. or I'm so far behind yeah yeah I find it, it takes a really grounded rooted sense of self to be able to look at other people, um, have gratitude for their success, and also use it as an inspiration of what's possible. Mm-hmm. I've really had to reframe that in my mind. Um, and I find if I'm not grounded and really rooted in my own sense of self and my desires and my definition and vision of success, I can look at other people and think, well, that's what I need. Yes. And I've... Uh, when we do that, then we're not even living from our own vision. And I've, I've, that's been a huge turning point for me, especially since COVID hit, like a lot of humbling, especially from the business being taken away and there was a huge financial loss. And I'm like, wow, I am not where I was a month ago. Yeah. And so redefining what success meant. And it wasn't like the cars and all the, the, all the travel that we did and like the finances in the business and like really having to not chase what other people saw as quote unquote success and to define that for myself. And that brought so much more happiness. Mm-hmm. So much more. Absolutely. Yeah. So here you have it. Uh, Sarah and I are people-pleasing perfectionists who are rigid, judgmental, and (laughs) comparative. What a great definition. (laughs) Hi, guys. Hi. Welcome. (laughs) This is how we will be introducing ourselves. (laughs) But the, the point of having this conversation is to, you know let everyone know that we still struggle and and we still go through this and we're still working on it and also to help bring awareness Mm -hmm. like the only reason that we're able to have this conversation is because we have some awareness that this is going on inside of ourselves yeah and we endeavor every day to be a little bit better Mm -hmm. and it's so important to understand that any trait or behavior 
has been conditioned based on a past experience. Mm-hmm. And this comes back to psychological wounds. Um, I don't remember how many episodes ago. You can look it up, psychological wounds. We had Joe on talking about those, which is rejection, abandonment, humiliation, betrayal, and injustice. And at some point in all of our lives, we have bumped up against this. Maybe it was something small. Maybe it was something large that happened. And usually um, at the younger ages. Yeah. And when we have these insults on our psyche, insults on the ego, our concept of self will shift and usually not for the better. We internalize it meaning something about us um, and we start to look at ourselves as separate from other people. And so as an example, like I I was bullied in high school, switched high schools, bullied again in that high school. And that's, I know that's where my people pleasing came from. Like, I know that's where my perfectionism came from. Um, The comparison, it is a reflection of me wanting to be liked and wanting to be accepted and not wanting hatred and unwanted um, negativity from others. So I'll just put on this mask. <laughs> let me just not be my authentic self. Let me not self. be my authentic self. Let me bend myself into a pretzel so that I can be accepted and I can be loved. And when we can recognize these wounds in ourselves and the behaviors that are played out from these specific wounds, truly that's where the healing journey begins. Mm-hmm. Because yes, yes, I'm a people pleaser. Okay. Why? Yeah. Why are you a people pleaser? Why do you feel the need to be loved and accepted and adored by everybody at the cost of usually yourself? Yeah. What is that doing for you? What, mm-hmm. How is that soothing you? And mm-hmm. what is it soothing? Yeah. Uh, we have a quiz that can help you identify which of those five psychological wounds is most predominant and playing out in your life right now. And that can be a really great self-awareness tool for uh, you to see the behaviors that are playing out in your life because everything like what I said has been conditioned onto us and is a response of wanting to feel safe of not wanting to be hurt again so we put on a mask and we reject our own authentic self so that we can fit in with society which is such a normal um, safety mechanism within ourselves but in order to grow and eliminate these toxic traits and move past them and bring in more positive traits for the direction we want to go in life we first have to have the self-awareness as to like where they came from and then start to look at healing that that incident that happened or the incidents within your life and um there's lots of tools and stuff that we give you uh after this quiz i put a link in the show notes so you can go take that um swipe up wherever you're listening and you can find that there Oh, and thank you for joining us today. Yeah, thank you so much. We will see you on the next episode.